Are you interested in hearing how New York Times best-selling author Michael Hyatt became a dynamic communicator? Are you interested in learning more about Michael Hyatt's upcoming book? Are you curious why Ken Davis created the SCORE conference? If so, stick around for Star of the Doubts. You're listening to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. This podcast is for people who want to manage their fears, who want to overcome the resistance, who are tired of those voices in your head that are saying, who are you to be great? Who are you to do something creative, unique, and interesting? Who are you to do work that matters? Star of the Doubts. That's what it's all about. Today's episode, we have New York Times bestselling author Michael Hyatt and Ken Davis. I was fortunate to connect with them at the SCORE conference in Orlando. I attended SCORE because I'm interested in developing my public speaking and taking that to another level. That is the place to go in order to do that. So this episode is really focused heavily on public speaking. We're going to start with the interview with Michael Hyatt. We will then roll directly into the interview with Ken Davis, and then I'll do a wrap-up at the end. I'm fortunate today to speak with New York Times best-selling author Michael Hyatt. Michael, thank you for taking a minute to talk with me. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Jared. Thanks. We're, we're here at the SCORE conference. Yep. I'm absolutely having a blast here in Orlando. We're having a blast. It is awesome. One question I always ask people, Michael, is what is the best concert that you've ever been to? Oh, my gosh. I've been to so many concerts. I would say, by far and away, the Yes concert. Huh. And uh, second to that, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. So what's your favorite song by Yes? Oh, gosh. You know, I don't... Probably... I, I don't remember the name of it. Um, I can't tell you. <laughs> Fair enough. Siberian something. I can't remember the, the last part of it. Crosby, Stills, Nash? Oh, so many songs um, from them. I mean, really, everything on their first album, everything on their second album. Mm. Deja Vu, I love. Yeah, so. I'm going to add that to my playlist. Teach. Your children well. Your what was the first time that you got involved with SCORE? Uh, it was about three years ago, and Ken had been trying to get me to come for years. And I'd been to the launch conference twice, first as a student, and then I came as a speaker. And I just didn't have time. My schedule didn't man it, uh, mesh up, and plus I was doing a lot of speaking, and I really didn't think I needed any help. I mean, I, it wasn't like I was arrogant. I just didn't feel the need. And so he encouraged me to come, and I finally did. I'm so glad I did. How has your speaking changed since you've been involved in SCORE? Well, I think before it was more hit or miss. I didn't really have any kind of formula or system for delivering a predictable result. I didn't have a recipe for baking a great cake every time. And I still don't bake a great cake every time. But it's much more likely. I've increased the, uh, the likelihood of delivering a great speech because of the methodology that Ken teaches. What's your best practice or tip for public speaking? I think what Ken said today, which was practice on your feet out loud. So whenever I'm giving a speech for the first time, 
Um, I will always practice it, sometimes several times. I gave a, a, a new speech recently uh, in Dallas, and I practiced it three times on my feet out loud. It just gives you such more confidence and agility when you're actually giving the speech if you've been through it before rather than you're making it up for the first time in front of a live audience. Are you practicing that in front of someone or is no. that just you? Just me. Yeah, I just usually go in my bathroom at home and I turn on a timer because I want to time myself. And for me, I always want to speak actually much shorter than the time that's been allotted to me. Like if they've given me 45 minutes, I want to make sure that I come in at about 35 minutes when I'm practicing because the time will, it'll take longer when I'm actually delivering it live setting. Today we saw a video where you were giving your keynote and there was actually a window washer in the background. Would you be willing to tell that story? Yeah, so I'm speaking in Oklahoma City uh, last fall and I was speaking at the, I think it's called the Devlin Tower, I can't remember the exact name of it, but uh, it was like this beautiful new building. I think it's the highest building in Oklahoma. We'll probably get people that will correct us here if I'm wrong. <laughs> but uh, so on the top floor, it's all glass. You can see, I mean, it feels like you could see all the way through Kansas to Nebraska, maybe South Dakota. I don't know how far actually you can see, but you can see everywhere. So that all by itself was a distraction. I've got about 150 CEOs that I'm talking to. And before I ever got up there, these window washers are on these windows behind where the speakers are. And the event planners are calling like crazy. They're calling the building. They're calling the local authorities. They're calling everybody. Get the window washers down because they're distracting. They're disrupting our event. <laughs> so they, they couldn't get them down. So here I am counting down towards the time when I'm about to go on stage. I'm the keynote for this event. And the window washers are there. And so what are you going to do? You know, I mean, it's not like I could go out there and clip the cords and, you know, they fall down. But everybody's watching them like, oh, my gosh, they're up like, I think it was 21 floors. Right. And if these guys fall, it's going to be messy. And it's just very distracting. So all I could do was I walked up, I acknowledged them, I made some joke, and I said, look, let's get to it. You guys didn't pay to come watch window washers. We're here to talk about some serious stuff. So then I just launched into my speech. But I had to acknowledge it. So it wasn't going away. It just... Let's just keep going. Just kept going. Yeah. Wow. Try to make the best of a bad situation. But, you know, honestly, that that happens with some frequency. Not window washers, but there are a lot of things that happen to you when you're out speaking, when you don't have 100% control. Right. Like I was speaking, uh, where was that? I think it was in Boca Raton, Yeah, your Florida. battery, your mic. Yeah. yeah, so my battery goes out when mm -hmm. I was speaking. You were there. I was there, yeah. Yeah, and so that was awkward because it's not like you can tell any jokes because nobody can hear you. Yep. So you can't do anything. So you just have to wait for them. And I, you know, I asked the guy, the sound guy, before I got up, I said, do we need to do a sound check? And he said, no, I've got it covered. But he didn't have it covered. So, you know, you smile and you can't take a pass or blame anybody else. You just have to just sort of wait and then get on with sure. it. Kudos to Brian Shear, by the way. He ran up there like a lightning bolt. <laughs> yeah, he was awesome. He switched Brian's out my really manager. fast. Yep. Yeah. So you were up in a couple, it seemed like a couple of seconds. It might have been a little longer than that, but it was you pretty, know, pretty quick. It, it, I'll tell you, the, the way you perceive time when you're on stage like that and you've got a technical problem, it seems like forever. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things I've tried to learn as a speaker, too, is go ahead and take time to think. Breathe. You know, those pauses can actually be helpful. Uh, I don't welcome the technical things on the front end. But in the middle of it, you know, when I'm speaking, if I've got a thought or if I want to think about something, I do that. It's okay.
Do you have a favorite story from your score experiences? A favorite story? You know, I think... Um, I, I, I think that one of the biggest challenges of score is that you're speaking to a small group of people and you know that the coach is there to critique you and it's pretty nerve-wracking. I mean, you've just been through it. Right. So you know how that is. I would say, and I'm going to actually tell this story tomorrow, if you want to ratchet that up, then you get asked to speak in front of all the score coaches, like I do now, and the first time I did that was in Vail, Colorado. I thought I was going to die. And I've been, I've been speaking for 30 years. Yeah. You know, in all kinds of contexts, thousands of people, but in front of that group was really, and they're very gracious, very forgiving, everybody was very encouraging, but in my mind, it just felt like it was a huge deal. I was fortunate to have Joy Grobelby, your manager with yes. Brian, on my podcast recently and asked her the question, what's her favorite Michael Hyatt story? And she's told the story of the 90-yard line. I'm curious, do you have a favorite Joy story? You know, I, I don't really, except that Joy is so much like my wife in that she's so positive. You know, you can throw her the most negative thing, and it's just like my wife. You know, she sees the positive in it, and I'm just very thankful to be surrounded by such positive people. <laughs> so no good 90-yard line type story. I don't have any stories like that. <laughs> All right. I wish I did. Okay, fair enough. Joy, you got off easy. <laughs> yeah, she got off easy. I'll probably think of one, then I'll call you. <laughs> okay, good deal. I, I know you're creating another book yes. for next year. It's about life plan. I was wondering, yeah. would you be willing to maybe talk about that for a moment? Yeah. You know, life planning is something that really shaped my life. And uh, it's something that I began doing in 2001. And it was really as a result of thinking I was having a heart attack. I wasn't. Turned out to be an acid reflux uh, issue. But I realized that about the third time I went into the ER, that the doctor, the cardiologist who ended up diagnosing me, he said, look, he said, a lot of this is stress-induced. And he said, if you don't change your lifestyle, and become more proactive and intentional with your life, you could end up in the ER with a real heart attack that just is coming out of the stress that you're you know, bringing into your life. And so that really challenged me, and I was very serious about it. And so I hired a coach, uh, the guy who's actually my um, co-author in the book, Daniel Harkavy from buildingchampions.com. And uh, he began to coach me and talk me through the process of developing my very first life plan. It was so life-changing that uh, at that time I wasn't the CEO of Thomas Nelson, but I was an executive of Thomas Nelson. So I paid for several of my executives under me to get coached by them to do life plans because I knew that when people had their life in order and when they were given attention to what matters most, they were more productive at work. They were more successful at work. And so as it turns out, life balance is a real strategic advantage for anybody. And so we're writing the, the, the book from that perspective. And really the book is the answer to three unbelievably powerful questions. And the first one is, how do you want to be remembered? You know, and so sort of go to all the way to your end of your life, look back and say, how do I want to be remembered at the end of my life by the people that I value the most? And the second question is, what matters most to me? You know, not to your spouse, not to your parents, not to your employer, but what matters most to you what are the priorities that you're going to embrace and how are you going to implement those in your life? And then the third question is, how do I get from where I am to where I want to be in every area of my life? And so the book kind of takes that basic uh, structure. Um, 
questions, keyword from sure. score, right? Right. And so uh, the whole book scored like that, and uh, that's the book. So we're working away on it now. When is the book planning to release? Well, probably April of 2014. Okay. We're not quite sure. It may be earlier than that, but that's kind of the working date now, right now. Now we're at the score conference. I know there's some other score or some other conferences that you do through Dynamic Communicators. Yeah. What are some of the other conferences that you do, and what can people expect from those? Well, we do three conferences, and score is basically how to deliver more impactful speeches. You know, how to shorten your preparation time, how to kind of get the recipe so that you can deliver messages that people remember and have an impact in their life. Then we do the launch conference, which I absolutely love. It's the first one I went to. But that one is really about the business of public speaking. You know, how do you monetize this? Yeah. How do you make a living speaking? How do you take these products that you deliver orally and create products that you can sell, whether it's at the back of the room or off your website? How do you charge for your speaking? How do you negotiate fees? All that kind of stuff. Sure. Then we do the Platform Conference, which is based on my book, Platform Get Noticed in a Noisy World. And that's basically, you know, how do you do inbound marketing and create demand for your services or your product or your brand? Cool. And those are coming up later this year. They are. Yep, we've still got uh, a launch conference. You may know the dates better than uh, I do. I believe launch is in September. Yes. This is in Vail, Colorado. Okay. And then Scores platform. in October. Okay, Scores in October, also in Colorado? In Colorado. And then uh, platform. Uh, platform is in Dallas in November. In November. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> so, cool. <laughs> Last question, Michael. Who's doing something that is interesting to you? You know, there's so many people out there that are doing things interest, interesting to me. I think, um, you know, Jeff Goins is a guy mm -hmm. that uh, I love because Jeff started from scratch. Do you know Jeff? Yes. And Jeff started from scratch about two and a half years ago, and he was kind of a hobby blogger like a lot of people, and decided to get serious about his blogging. We had a meeting at Starbucks over coffee, and Jeff has done unbelievably well. Mm -hmm. um, his aspiration was that his, he would make enough money so that his wife could quit work and they could begin a family. Yeah. So she was able to do that, and that happened about a little less than a year ago. And then he started thinking, well, gosh, maybe I could quit my job and do what I've always wanted to do, which is to write and to speak. And he was just able to do that about six weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And so now he's full-time uh, doing that, having a bigger impact than he's ever had. So kind of to me, he's kind of the poster child, and he's growing like crazy. So I just tell him, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> and he will. <laughs> yeah. My show is called Star of the Doubts. You recently had your podcast episode about overcoming the resistance mm. with Stephen Pressfield. What's one tip or piece of advice that you give someone that's just wanting to get started right now? Start. Just start. Yeah, you just got to start. I mean, I think people overthink it. Mm -hmm. uh, I was just talking with one of my business associates today, and we're uh, installing this new software system to track all of our contacts and all the touches that we have with our customers. And he was creating this massive thing, you know, trying to think about, you know, where it would be in five years. And some of that's good. But sometimes that can lead to procrastination. It's basically you have the fear, the way it manifests itself, is you're just trying to be so comprehensive and so perfectionistic. And I said, look, just pick something small and let's do it. Let's get this thing launched. We've been talking about it long enough. So I think starting is so important because some stuff you can't figure out until you launch, until yep. you, you get into motion, until you start having 
uh, encounters with customers and start experiencing some of the problems you experience in the real world. You sit in the ivory tower all day long, but until you get out there and do it, you won't know. Now, I know you blog at michaelhyatt.com. I do. What's the best place for people to connect with you? Is it totally the there. Uh, you know, I do, I do a podcast, uh, as you know, called This Is Your Life. Yes. And people can find that on iTunes, but you can find it on my website at michaelhyatt.com. My Twitter account there, Facebook, everything to connect with me is there. Outstanding. Michael, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Jerry. This is with the book and the rest of the conference. Awesome. Thank you. I always ask people, what's the best concert that you've ever been to? The best concert I've ever been to. The best concert I have ever been to, and, and it really wasn't a concert, it was a Broadway show called The Jersey Boys. Have you seen it? I have not seen Jersey Boys. The production and story, the way the story was told, was it blew me away. Um, I don't go to a lot of music concerts. I go to more shows or speakers and stuff like that. And I would say Jersey Boys stands out head and shoulders just about everything from the standpoint of their excellence in production, how a story that was, was very familiar to my time, I didn't even know about this story, came out and helped enriched my understanding of you know, what was going on during my teenage years, and uh, the Jersey Boys. Best thing I've ever seen. Do you have a favorite memory from many times that you've been to Orlando? I think, I think um, my favorite memory was years and years ago, when I rode a thing called Space Mountain yes. uh, at, at uh, Disney World over and over again. I was probably 18 or 19 years old at that time. And I, dro- I rode Space Mountain and somebody said, is that a great ride? And I went to answer them and got physically sick. It just, <laughs> I, I don't know how to say it in a gentle way, it just came out. I was going to say yes, but it turned out totally yeah. different. Yes. <laughs> It was a long, drawn-out yes. Well done. <laughs> but I loved, I loved Disney. I also have a friend down here, Danny DeArmas, who helped me develop the launch conference. Okay. And uh, he is one of my very closest friends in the entire world. And so I, I, uh, and I've enjoyed many times coming down here and spending with him. Now, SCORE Conference is not new. This has been going on for a long time. Yeah. How long has the score Almost 30 years. It's right in the area of 30 years. We started with, uh, oh, I would imagine at our first conference we had uh, maybe 15 or 20 people. It started basically just for people, uh, faith-based uh, people. And then it grew. People started coming from corporate world. We, we've had many of the Chick-fil-A people come through. And so we decided that the principles work no matter what. So we're teaching the principles now, and and uh, I'm telling you, people are. It, it's a life changer. It's a life changer. Thirty years ago, what was going through your mind when you realized you had that aha moment? And you said, "Okay, I'm going to start this dynamic communicator." Yeah. Well, what the reason it came? It, it was less of an aha moment than a "what am I going to do" moment because 
my my uh, mailbox at that time didn't have email back then. My mailbox, my phone was filled with people saying, "How how how can I be a better communicator?" And I realized that there were enough questions. So literally, the market was yelling, "Provide something for us!" And so we we provided the first score conference. We've been tweaking it ever since. It looks. The, the main principles remain the same, but the conference looks totally different than it did uh, 25 years ago. Automatic. So, do you just do a few? Like, I know this year there's two. Yeah, there'll only be two each year. We're going to make it available online. Interesting. Yes, uh, and, and it'll be, of course, available uh, from some other resources. We'll have we have a brand new rewrite of the book to rep to represent the new look of score, and. Um, but uh, as you know, this is an extremely, uh, how would you say this? Uh, it's a, Yes, it's intimate. And what makes it intimate is the number of instructors that we have. This, this isn't you sitting and listening. This is you participating with someone right in your face. And, and so that makes this something that is, um, is, it has a high cost on the, on the production end of it. And so uh, we can't do a whole bunch of them, but uh, we're going to do two of these a year and, um, and just see where it goes from there. You mentioned the online score conference. Yeah. What would that look like? How would that be different from attending? Yeah. Well, the biggest, the biggest difference is that you don't get the personal coaching. Sure. And, and as you know, here at the score conference, that is a huge, that, that's just huge. I would imagine that many of the people who take the online training, which provides the template with everything we're talking about, how to work a speech through that, how to make it uh, crystal clear, um, how to develop dynamics, probably a lot of examples that people can use, um, that once people go through that, there, I think there'll be a desire for them to then practice this with a coach. Uh, I know you've seen our coaches here, absolutely fantastic communicators, outstanding people people. And um, so I have a feeling we'll get a lot of people who take it online and then decide I want to take it to the next level. You mentioned the book. When is that going to be available, the uh, new version? I, you know, I don't know the answer to that, but my guess is within a few weeks. Uh, I'm done writing. Uh, it's at the publisher now. It's called Secrets of Dynamic Communication, and um, I, I'm very proud of it. I took a, took an intense time to to rewrite that and bring it up to date. I mean, there were things in there, you know, because of when it was written. There were things in there about when George Washington threw the you know 50 cent piece across the Delaware. Um, I, I mentioned to people that George Washington had gone through score. He was one of the first students. <laughs> so we just took all of those names out and updated it with people that have been with us recently and updated some of the illustrations and made it more powerful and more focused. Do you have a best tip for using humor in your speeches? A best tip for using humor. Uh, yes, do it. Uh, you don't have to do it like somebody else. You use your own style, but humor is extremely powerful. Tomorrow morning, I'm delivering a, a presentation on the use of humor, how to how to find and develop humor in your in your talks and use it. It's tremendously disarming for people, and um, uh, it just kind of opens a path for you to drive home the kind of presentation and content that can be life changing. Who's doing something that's interesting to you right now? 
Who's doing something that's interesting to me right now? Oh, um... You know, that's a good question. I'm not sure I have an answer to that. I'm so, and this maybe is a very, very bad answer to your question, but I am so wrapped up in trying to get our projects done right now that I'm a little bit unaware at this particular time in my life what's going on, what's going on out there. I'll tell you, I, I really want to get involved. I'm going to research some writing courses. Uh, I've written 10 books. I've had 10 books published, uh, actually more than that, and uh, some of them have been bestsellers. None of them made the New York Times bestseller list. Uh, one, yeah, one of them has sold, uh, you know, in excess of 100,000 copies, which is a fairly rare thing these days. Um, but I want to learn to be a better writer. Um, there are some very subtle differences between writing and speaking. And you can speak something very powerfully that does not translate to writing. And you can write something very powerfully that does not translate to speaking. So I, I, that's one thing I want to do. I want to find somebody that's doing something very interesting in terms of writing and dive into that. Absolutely. Yeah. Where is the best place for people to connect with you online? Uh, my website, www.kendavis.com. And they will get a good view of what we're doing, what's going on by, by, um, uh, I pro by putting their email in there so that they get, a, they get a notification each time that our blog post comes out. Folks love our blog posts, filled with humor and insight, and um, if they choose not to look at it that day, that's fine. You just hit delete, and if you do, you get a great start to your day. Ken, I'm loving the SCORE conference. Thank you so much for putting this together. Your team's done an outstanding job. Everything's amazing. So I really appreciate you taking time to talk to hey, me. Hey, thank you. Thank you. It is my pleasure. If you are interested in taking your public speaking to the next level, I highly recommend that you consider attending the SCORE Conference. You can find out more about the SCORE Conference by going to their website, S-C-O-R-R-E conference.tv, scoreconference.tv. I thought until just a few weeks ago that an interview with Michael Hyatt was not going to happen for at least another year when he releases his new book. I was encouraged by a new friend, Joey Kasimi, who I'm planning to interview on the show soon, Joey said, hey, you're going to be at the conference. Michael Hyatt's going to be there. Just try to interview him while you're at the conference. And I don't believe I would have tried that had he not encouraged me to do that. But that's exactly what happened. I went to Joey Grobelby, his manager, and I asked if there's any way to, to have a short interview with Michael. And we were able to work that out at the SCORE conference. And it was very encouraging to be able to get that done. And I really hope that that story will encourage anyone else uh, to consider, hey, don't let something that seems impossible stop you from going for it. You never know what could happen, and if you think through it and you get good advice, you could end up making it happen a lot faster than you think. I strongly encourage new podcasters specifically, if you want to interview a specific person, go find that person. Find a way to contact them or find a way to connect with them at a conference but I guarantee you, if you're persistent, you'll be able to do that. So that's 
my story about the interview with Michael Hyatt, I was very excited about it, very encouraged to be able to speak with him. Another thing that's very encouraging are listeners like yourself who enjoy the show and then are willing to prove that they enjoy it by going into iTunes and leaving a comment and a review. It really helps the visibility of the show in iTunes new and noteworthy. Would you be willing to consider just taking a moment right now, going into iTunes and leaving a comment and review for Star of the Doubts. I really appreciate the consideration. It definitely helps the show. Thank you for that. I would love it if you'd also consider sending me a message on Google+. Plus. That's my favorite place to connect. I'm on all the social medias, but I really like to connect with you on Google+. Plus. If you're on Google+, Plus, let's be friends on Google+. Plus. The next podcast coming up is Ryan Avery. Ryan Avery is the world champion of public speaking. And since we talked about public speaking this week with the SCORE conference, I thought, man, how nice would it be to to just interview the world champion of public speaking? Ryan Avery is an awesome guy. You can find out more about him at averytoday.com. That's his blog with him and his wife. Anyway, he's a rock star, and it's an honor to bring him on the show. So Ryan Avery's coming up in the next episode. Looking forward to sharing that with you. In the meantime, always treat others the way that they want to be treated. Always do your best. And remember to starve the doubts. you're still here well since you're gonna hang out i may as well play a score conversation with none other than jim munchback enjoy we're at score i'm here with jim munchback jim you got your own podcast and i wanted you to share what you're doing well i'll tell you my podcast is at imakeyourmoneycount.com and it's a weekly podcast about money life and relationships but the truth is up until this point up until i attended score and learned how to really apply an amazingly purposeful uh, process to any talk. You know, every podcast I've done up until now, May 2013, is, well, I would just suggest you listen to everything (laughs) I'm going to do moving forward. Moving forward. Yeah, so I'm excited about, you know, the process that we learned here. But to tell you a little bit about my my podcast in 30 seconds or less, Mm -hmm. it's... It's really the principles of personal finance coupled with a process that connects your money with your purpose. My book is named Make Your Money Count, Connecting Your Resources to What Matters Most. And in that book, I talk about the process. So obviously, on my podcast, I talk about the principles and the process that I'm passionate about that have to do with connecting your money with your purpose. Oh, that's awesome. Now, how did you like SCORE? You know, like I said, SCORE is a game changer in terms of anyone who's doing any kind of communication. And I don't care if you're, if you're a video creator or any kind of content creator, SCORE is hands down the best investment yep. I've ever made for a professional development conference. I'm going to agree with that yeah. in every way. Yep. So 
just the participants, that's one element of score that, in my opinion, takes it to another level in terms of a conference. Yes. And you got the coaches, which were unbelievably, my coach, Keith Farron. Pros. Absolutely. Yeah, like, no, I've worked with a lot of really great coaches, like Doug Carter, a great coach. But what's cool about what Keith did is he focused on a skill that I really needed that can take my podcast to the next level. Yeah. And it was all about communication. Awesome. And the and the general assess general whatever you call it, the general gathering sessions. Yep. They were they were great. They that's where we got fed with a fire hose. That was tough. <laughs> we did get fed with a fire hose, which is why I hit record on my phone for every score session. Yeah. I didn't miss a beat. <laughs> and you recorded with iTalk? I use an iTalk app on my iPhone. I got it. I'm gonna, yeah, because yeah, I'm going to play this cool. interview on my podcast at imakeyourmoneycount.com, yep. the weekly podcast yes, as about you money, life, and relationships. <laughs> All right, Jim. And our relationship is really what I'm talking about. This you know, this was a big investment, 1100 bucks, yes. worth every penny, and that's just the ticket to ride. Yeah. You got the hotel, the plane ticket. Yeah, it's, and the time away. It's so an this investment. is a big investment. It and is. so it's you know the relationships that are built at a conference like this, if you're in the mode of trying to make your money count. I'm a I teach personal finance at the Bauer College of Business and that's really why I came here. It's in Houston? It's in Houston, University okay. of Houston. Okay. And you know, my students didn't get the best content or the best delivery last semester, and I knew that because I mean, I know the material, but there's a difference between knowing the material and having a purpose in the delivery. Yes. And that's what's changed for me. And I'm excited about next semester. I'm excited about the podcast I'll be doing. Good. I'm excited about the speaking that I'll be doing, and I know you are too. I have 12 modules at, in personal finance, and I'm going to score all 12 of those. There you go. So they said, t- use this 10 to 15 times, and it will become a part of your pattern of thinking as you present in any context. So that's where I'm going to start. I have a dozen modules, and I'm going to clarify the purpose out each of those and then score them, use the score process to deliver the content. And that, bro, for my students who may or may not be listening or may not have a clue, it'll it'll make a difference. Definitely. And I'm grateful for that.